0: Hello and welcome to The Dobcast, I'm Erica Stacey. Belinda Weaver is a successful copywriter who now also trains other copywriters on how to improve their writing skills and their businesses. She is also incredibly organised, so rather than chat about copywriting, in this episode we will be discussing an important aspect of managing business and marketing effectively, systems and processes. Trust me, this will be fun. Belinda offers some valuable reasons why we should have good systems and processes. She provides assistance in identifying where and how to incorporate systems and processes along with sharing a few of her own tried and true techniques. Belinda also shares what she's learning at the moment and her top tip to help you be prepared to do your best online.
1: Thanks so much for joining me Belinda. I'm really excited to have a chat today, not about copywriting, which is your special area, but about systems and processes. Welcome.
2: Yeah, this is right up my jam. So I'm very excited to talk about this. Thanks for having me on. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. Um, I guess it's one of those things. Do, do you have a backup career? Is
1: that a really horrible thing to ask? Do I have a backup career? If you just got sick of everything you're doing and wanted to pack it all in, what would you do? Would you be a professional organizer?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, no, I'd probably go back to marketing. That would be my go-to from a career point of view. That said that when I started out, you know, starting going to university and started my working career, I actually was an accredited tap dancing teacher. Oh. So that was my backup career. I thought if, if nothing else works, I've always got my tap dancing. Yeah. Oh, that's a fun one.
1: Yeah. I was, I probably didn't word that very well. I always say that mine is beekeeping, but that's like, I, I know absolutely nothing about beekeeping, but apparently there's a oh, whole shortage right. of, of bees. And if I'm having a like, particularly tough day, I'm just like, that's it. I'm going
2: to become a beekeeper. <laughs> right. I oh, no, in that case, way. I would own a shop of curious little things that are awesome. I would would own a shop with a mix of antiques and new things and funny little knickknacks, the kind of shop that you just want to walk around on a rainy day and just look at all lots of cool stuff and I'd have nice notebooks and stationery. That would would be, that's what I dream of. That sounds really awesome actually. You might need to figure out how to do that as well. (laughs) Yeah, maybe in my retirement, I'd love that.
1: Anyway, we have jumped straight ahead. So anybody who doesn't know about Belinda Weaver and Copyright Matters are probably going to be thinking, what the hell are these two people What's talking about? Yeah. <laughs> they really want to go to your shop and buy my honey, hopefully. Um, yeah. So to get started, can you just give us yep. a little bit of background of your story and how you came to be doing what you are doing today and what, and what it is that you do today?
2: Oh, cool. That's, it is a good start. Let's just reset and I'll establish myself. So I'm a copywriter. I help aspiring and working copywriters build successful businesses around their copy. And I help business owners write copy that shines a light on their business. So that's really what I'm all about. Where I have the journey to get here has been, like many copywriters, I kind of discovered copywriting was a thing Quite accidentally, I was working in marketing. and Before that, I'd actually started out in IT. So I'd kind of switched around. But as soon as I hit upon marketing, I thought, this is this is something I love. Then I figured out that copywriting was a thing I could do on its own. So I left my marketing day job, started my own business. It wasn't quite that easy. I actually worked them both for about six months. Um, and anyone who's had a side hustle that's become their main hustle will understand how how hard that is, but how rewarding it is too. So I started Copyright Matters and then since then, you know, I've moved from Australia to England and England back to Australia and Australia to the US, where I am now. And my copywriting business has not been impacted by all those kind of things. So so that's what I love, that I have this transportable business that I've been able to move with me through my life. Got two kids now and I'm still doing something that I really love. Fantastic, fantastic. Thanks so much
1: for sharing that. And I think also probably the, I dare say, one of the factors that would have made your business so transportable is the fact that it is very well organized and systematized and processed. So, Today, that's actually what we're going to be discussing, something that's important to lots of business owners and marketers and freelancers and just general creative types. So not just specific to copywriters. I think there's a huge amount of people who are going to be able to get some value from your systemization and process tips. So without mucking around, as business owners, marketers, soloists, whatever we want
2: to call ourselves, why do we need systems and processes? Mm -hmm. So it sounds very technical and maybe very complicated, but the whole process, the whole point of having a process and a system in the business is so that we can design an exceptional customer experience. But more than that, it's so that we can deliver that customer experience time and time again and keep it absolutely consistent. Um, and that, that can be done without systems and processes, but it just is so much harder because we have to remember what comes next, what's already happened, where am I up to, what is this customer like? And when we have to store all that in our brain and we have to figure it out each time, we're just using way more energy than we need to. It's a lot harder than it needs to be. So it's not just about having a system and a process, it's about having it documented as well. So that's the other part. But really, when we can deliver a consistently exceptional customer experience without burning ourselves out, then we also have a bit of brain space to figure out how we can delight our customers.
1: Yeah, And it's so important to have that extra spare brain space and time and energy oh, yes. to do the actual fun or important or creative or strategic Work rather than getting yeah. caught up in those kind of small mundane. It reminds me of it's very popular. Comes up occasionally, in in uh, you know tech news specifically with people who have their work uniforms, so they don't have to think about what they wear for work each day they like reduce and remove those repetitive decisions that we make or people that eat exactly the same thing every day so they don't have to waste any seconds or any minutes thinking what am i going to have for lunch what am i going to wear today and they can focus Mm. all their attention on on the really important high value stuff that's it that's exactly it you don't need me And we're done. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so can you give us some examples of the successful systems and processes you've implemented in your business?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I try and systemize as much as my business as possible. And it's easy to confuse systemizing with automation. So it's definitely good to to try and automate some things that can happen without you even being involved. But what we're calling we're talking about is designing step by step. Processes that can be followed the same way every time, and also maybe getting someone else involved, which is the key thing of documentation. So, for me, one of the simplest ones I have is my onboarding sequence. So, I have a checklist that takes every customer from their first inquiry to me, wherever that might be, through the entire project um, schedule, through to after they pay their final invoice, they get their copy, and I do post kind of project follow-up. So I have every step when invoices are sent out, when my CRM gets updated, when I need to follow up with clients and I have a lot of my steps linked to email templates. So all I do is I either have the, um, I use things like Gmail, Oh, what's it called? Canned responses. Um, Canned responses, yes. (laughs) So I use canned responses and I use text shortener, clearly up with all the e-lingo. But otherwise I have emails in Word documents and I just cut and paste them. And what it is, is that I can just follow every single step. I have to use no brain power to figure out what happens next or, and I don't have to write emails, the same emails over and over again. And what that means is when I'm actually on the phone to a client or I'm actually customizing that little email, then I've got more brain space to work on little moments of humor or delight or, you know, extra engagement and things like that.
1: I love those examples of the the extra benefits you can give to something that might seem as simple but so important as email communication when you take out that repetitive uh, nature of a lot of the emails that we do right particularly those of us who service-based or even product-based if you're dealing with the same types of questions or emails again and again and again
2: yeah absolutely i mean and another one that i've used twice now is taking a break from my business to have two kids. And that was something I worked out with my VA. We worked out a process from like the moment I sent her the it's on email (laughs) and she helped me manage my inbox and my clients and my workload. Um, and it was all just a documented process. That's brilliant.
1: That's fantastic. And certainly a concern that I know, yeah, a number of women who work for themselves do have. We're like, what am I going to do when this Mm -hmm. little tiny human comes along? So, um, So yeah, another fantastic reason. So what advice can you offer on how to identify what and where people might need to implement a system or a process?
2: Well, I think for me, anything that I'm doing consistently raises a flag that it can probably be a documented system somewhere. So, you know, you have to identify steps that you repeat and it might be that kind of onboarding process. It's exactly the same each time. Um, Or it might be the types of emails that you're responding to. You're getting the same kind of inquiries or that, you know, at different milestones in your project, you send the same email. So any Any step, and it doesn't need to be a whole end-to-end process that you're repeating, but anything that you're doing over and over again in pretty much the same way is a huge red flag for a system or a process to be thought through as well. But there's also, you know, things like the customer journey. Like when you're planning out an email sequence, this is, you know, what for me as a copywriter, what I'm doing, I'm planning out an email sequence, but I'm thinking about the journey of the customer. As they're going through that sequence so when you're thinking about your business think you you know it's important to take a step back as well and and maybe think about a high level process to hit the milestones of the customer journey you want to create so that's their the big the two big lenses i put on it and then of course you know there's the questions you can ask like can someone else actually do this? So when you're actually planning out your process, ask yourself, geez, do I really need to do this part or could someone else do that? (laughs) Always be delegating. (laughs) Always be delegating. There's a couple of points I want to pick up on there. One is the
1: time factor, because I have to admit Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of this as well, where as much as I can see that implementing a system or a process would save time in the long run, sometimes it's just Mm -hmm. so hard at the time to say, I need to stop and I need to document this or identify what this system is because I've, like you said, I've acknowledged that I'm doing it repeatedly, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like I've got the time to do it. Is there any advice you could give for people who might be in that situation such as
2: myself? Well, I think that it's the first shift is your mindset on what it is to do documental designer process. So it doesn't really need you to clear your calendar for, you know, most of a day to get stuck in. It just means next time you're going, oh, I'm doing this thing that I do over and over again. So I'm just going to open up a separate Word document and I'm just going to write down the steps as I do them. And then you go, oh, I'm just going to copy and paste this email that I've just written into a template document. And I'm just gonna leave it there for the minute, but I recognize this is the email that I send all the time. So you can actually build up your processes slowly but surely as you're actually doing them in your business. And then you're really only taking what? 30 seconds to a minute out to step out and just maybe write a couple of notes down and then you're jumping back into your business. And then after a week or two weeks when you're doing those repeated things, you've got 70 or 80% of the stuff documented. You don't have to think it through because you've already documented it as you've done it. That's great. It
1: certainly seems a much more accessible way of chipping away at mm. those repeatable tasks rather than yeah, the kind of daunting prospect of going, I need to stop what I'm doing for
2: hours <laughs> or a day. Yes, and, and, and I, I need everything tired. mapped out. And it's <laughs> Before I can do any more work. Customised. Yeah, that's right. You don't, it doesn't need to be that big a deal just chip away at it. Just start, just start. <laughs> just start. Um, and the
1: second part of that is, like you said, a great thing about documenting these systems and processes are that it makes it easier for other people to do. Mm-hmm. And again, might be focusing on myself a little bit too much, <laughs> but sometimes it's scary to give things to other people to do while they might seem like they are Repeatable things. Sometimes we're tied so intrinsically to it, or there might be a bit of a fear that no one can do it in the same way that we can, or to the level that we want. Do you have any advice around those types of situations?
2: Yeah, because the first thing is to think about things where you add real value. And I'll give you some an example. So for when I create proposals for clients. It can be a little bit of a time-consuming process. I have lots of templates to make it easier. So I have the shell of my proposal and then I have lots of different templates for different services and stuff like that. So a low value task for me is actually pulling the bits from those templates and making up the document. A high value task where I should be involved is customizing it for the client because I have talked to the client. So I can perform the little adjustments, but I don't, you know, and I can do that in 10 or 15 minutes. I don't need to spend the 30 minutes prior to that assembling the document. My VA can do that. So it's about identifying the bits that need you to be you. And another example is recently I was thinking, oh, I should get some help with my emails You know, I'll get my VA, Kirsty, who is freaking awesome. She could totally step in. She could answer the emails that need to be quickly done, et cetera, et cetera. But what I've realized is um, a lot of the people who join my copywriting course and my community, it started from one email conversation. So that's a process and an interaction that is high value for me to be part of because it's the start of a relationship. So when you're looking at the things that you're doing, think about and be honest, does this require me, the meanness of me that I can bring? Or could someone do, you know, part of this leading up to the moment where it's important for me to get involved? Because we can get really arrogant about I'm the only one that can possibly do this. And it took me a long time to work with my VA to let that go. She's like, I got this, seriously. And I can also do 10 other things that you haven't even thought of yet. And, you know, if you're thinking about working with a VA, do, absolutely. But do start off with some small things that you think are easy and then build a relationship and the trust, trust and then all of a sudden, You have handed the keys to your business over because you're like, oh, you are awesome. But, you know, my main point is choose the moments that need you to be you in and get help for other things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think even if we were speaking to, or if you have people listening who are part of marketing teams and those growing teams, it's a kind of similar situation where you'd have those repeatable marketing-based tasks and it's going to make Mm -hmm. it much easier to induct or onboard a junior team member or a new team member when you have that really clear process of, you know, this is what we do for our marketing or this is our strategy and this is, you know, actually how we create and prepare a blog post prepare big social media updates prepare yes. an email campaign and the steps that need to be followed there so
2: yeah and this is the general timing of this kind of thing it's just it makes it easier for someone to step up and step in and then you know the head of the team or the key voices in the team or the business owner whoever they can offer their most value when they're not bogged down with heaps of admin stuff or repeatable tasks yeah fantastic and i think it
1: really it's reminded me of what you said right at the beginning that we need to not confuse systems and processes with automation because i think Mm -hmm. often there can be that feeling that we create the system this process and then it's done and we don't need to touch it again but really it is it may take some time to develop it may still require you to be part of it in certain aspects And it might need to be updated in the future as well, which actually your automations should be reviewed and updated (laughs) occasionally.
2: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So I guess we've talked a bit about the concept of developing systems and processes and some of the situations where you may create or that you may create these systems and processes around those specific instances and how to identify them when Mm -hmm. it comes to actually documenting your systems and processes Mm -hmm. what advice would you give there Because this is also something i see that comes up in facebook groups a lot (laughs) where Mm -hmm. people ask these questions about what they should use and trying to find the perfect tool and there's so many different tools out there yes something that that does everything and and, and is free where do we
2: start how do we start what do we do well i think I'm really low tech. Um, So a lot of my systems and processes are in word or Excel and I use Dropbox and I use Google Drive to talk to my, um, my VA, who's the only person I really work with. It's, I'm a solo, solopreneur and I use things like loom to create video instructions, which is super helpful. Um, Link to that in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, most of the tools that, that work well, like the CRMs and the project management tools, they, I think it's important to look for integration because when you can choose tools that will talk to the other tools you're already using, things are very easy. For example, a CRM. I think as every business absolutely needs to have a CRM. But if you can have a CRM that talks to your email and will pull in social updates and things like that and link to your invoicing, then you're cutting down the amount of checking in different tools that you have to do and you're automatically cutting down on a number of manual tasks to make different things work together. Um, but yeah, I, like I document processes in Excel and Word and that's how I kind of plan them out. I use scheduling tools like for my social um, but otherwise it's pretty low key because as you said, with each new tool, You need to invest the time in learning it. So I only kind of learn one tool at a time. I'm like, okay, well, everything's working right now. I don't need another tool. (laughs)
1: oh yeah absolutely right i've um i've changed project management systems only a couple of times over the years and it's always a really scary daunting task because you know the idea of a free trial sounds great but you need to commit the time to a trial to figure out if it's actually going to work and if you're trying to maintain a separate system at the same time just in case you don't go with the trial (laughs) it can be really complex i can see how often programs can you know, get people on board because they feel like they've probably, I've spent all this time anyway, I may as well commit, even though it might not be the best solution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to actually take that step back first of all and look at, you know, what are we using at the moment? And I know we've, I've done this a little bit for my own, but also some other students and clients where you can usually Google the name of a tool plus integrations and just yes. get a list of all of the different tools that they integrate with. And a lot of them are quite easy. You know, easily mapped out into, you know, different webinar tools, email tools, social media tools. Yeah. So it kind of reduces that up search up. from just throwing it out into a Facebook group going, what do people think?
2: Um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I like one of the, the, the tools that I use most often is my task manager, my to-do list, essentially, uh, a project management tool and a time tracker. Like the, the time tracker is the one I use most often for everything. So, you know, having a project management tool that links to a time tracker, that's a nice integration because I need to know which stages of my project have taken time because as a fixed price copywriter, I'm essentially writing against the clock once I, I have a, a package together. So I need to know how much time I'm spending on things. But, you know, another flag for a systems or process is you can f- maybe look at how long you're spending on different things you do during the day. Ah. No, and see where efficiencies need to be addressed.
1: Yes, yeah. That's that's a good technique there to actually take that approach of see where you're spending all of your time and yes. and highlighting some of those that yeah, that, that are either wasting time or are appearing a lot in your list. I'm doing some planning yes. in my head while we speak. <laughs>
2: Uh huh. And there's, you know, some things where you go, okay, well, I'm spending too much time on Facebook, so I need to spend less time on Facebook. But there's other parts where you go, gosh, it takes me 25 minutes to put a proposal together, or it's taken me 45 minutes to do create this little bit of my marketing thing. You go, that, that shouldn't take that long. All right. Well, how can we look at that? How can we make that faster? How can we make it leaner? Do I need to be doing all of this? No, they're the questions you need to ask. Yeah, those high value questions. <laughs> um, I guess a couple
1: of other considerations when it comes to considering tools and the actual pro, like yeah, the way that you are managing your systems and processes are based on the scalability of it. The great benefits of using those like simple and free tools like Word and Excel or Google Drive or Dropbox is that they actually do have free plans available. Or can Mm -hmm. be easily shared amongst a lot of users whereas potentially Mm -hmm. if you commit to a you know fandangled amazing tool that does everything there's often different levels of accounts based on a certain number of users or certain features and that monthly fee that as soon as you stop paying that fee you lose access to all of your information as well so that long-term process is going to (laughs) be a key consideration as well
2: yeah absolutely
1: so what other advice would you have for any business owners or marketers to kind of encourage them to start systematizing and processing processing their business
2: (laughs) yeah i gotcha i think the question i would ask is would you like more time to delight your customers or delight your stakeholders can you make this whole process more enjoyable for everyone for you and your customers or the people you're working with, you're like we should be having more fun with what we're doing. But if we're so bogged down in, what do I do next? What are we up to? How do I write that email again? What is it we say? Then you've got no space in your creative self and your brain to work on those moments of delight. So if you answer yes to, I would like more delight, then just start documenting stuff that you do and start getting help with the things that don't require you to do it.
1: I'm here, going yes, yes, yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you... It's just that easy, everyone. It's just that easy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, like you said, it is that process of, of yeah, just j- just starting is probably the biggest Start. biggest hurdle. Yeah. Do you think this is my a little tangent now? But do you think it has become more important for you to systematize your business? as your work and your life has potentially gotten a little bit more complex with the travel and the children, is that why I think a lot of us who you know, might be you know, juggling two jobs, if it's a full-time and a side hustle or juggling family and work, often I feel like we are very kind of we have to work in these short bits and we're, or we're oh juggling or for people who might be job sharing or working part-time, that, mm-hmm. that time it takes to get back on board with who am I and what am I doing, yeah. Yeah,
2: <laughs> no, exactly. You know, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I developed my first systems and processes when I was full-time freelancing. And the reason I did it then when I just started out is because I was having, because delivering a customer experience was new to me. I came from a corporate jobs. So running my own business, I was figuring it out. And I also started to get busier and busier. So I was finding that the busier I was getting, some of my service delivery was faltering because I was kind of burning out. So I initially, my first double down on, on developing processes within my business was to prevent burnout so that I could deliver a really good copy and deliver a really good service even when I was kind of under the pump and crazy busy. So that's why I did it then. But as you said, it's absolutely been pivotal now when my brain leaks out of my ears on some days. <laughs> because, you know, two young children trying to run a business, trying to do all the school things and the park things and then the home things. And and I, I bet most listeners are going, yep, yep, that's called being an adult. <laughs> but if I can actually just easily figure out where I'm up to and what I have to do next, then that is so much easier for me. And it's so much easier to then write a funny reply to an email or just try and lift the mood or really bring it for my coaching sessions. I can do that because I haven't had to figure out all the steps of the process leading up to that moment. Well, I'm convinced I'm, <laughs>
1: after we finish do speaking, it. I'm
2: going to be documenting Yeah, documenting everything. Yeah, just do it as you go, and then in a month's time, maybe go. All right, what have I got? Yeah, I kind of. And that's the perfect time to go to a coffee shop. All right, I'm going to get a treat now. I get a bit of cake and a coffee, and I'm going to see what I've got, and I'm going to bash it out,
1: and it's done. I love a good incentive as well. Um, Yeah, I feel like kind of adapting. I don't know how this goes in copywriting circles, but adapting that. I'm not sure if it's just a quote or a saying of like, you know, the best time to implement a system or a process was 10 years ago. The next yes. best time is now.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Do that thing.
1: So hopefully we're all enthused. Thank you so much for sharing that. My we'll pleasure. have to have another chat with you about some copywriting tips and bits and pieces next time as oh, well. Oh, yes. I would love that. So a few wrap-up questions about you, more about you, specifically who or what inspires
2: and motivates you? I'm inspired by copywriters coming into the industry that we have now. Because, you know, I was talking about this just today and we're saying that when I started out as a copywriter, there was no real communities and no real support base. And I think people coming in now are coming in with an open mind and coming in with a keenness to be part of a community where we can all make the industry a lot better. So I'm really motivated by where copywriting the industry is right now, in Australia and in the States and the UK. It's a very global community and it's, and it's really lovely. Um, you know, outside of that, I'm really inspired by people who are really, and I mean, crystal clear on their vision. I have to admit, I, I have a kind of wibbly-wobbly vision. <laughs> generally a vague direction of where I'm going um, and it's something I'd love to be clear on so I really respect people who are going this is me this is what I do and this is where I'm going I think that's really cool
1: that's awesome yes those those people I think sometimes I can find them a little bit terrifying but then it's always just oh. like, wow that's yeah, yeah you're doing it proper fun. okay <laughs> <laughs> trying you know Rub a little bit of that off on me, please. Yeah. Uh, So are you learning anything at the moment? Our podcast is all about learning. So, Oh,
2: yeah. So I have launched my own private mentoring group for copywriters. It's called Confident Copywriting. Um, So I'm now focused on running a membership and having a community and things like that. So I'm learning that from someone called Stu McLaren who's, you know, memberships. Are his thing, and um, he has a thing called tribe. So that's it's a new thing for me, and that is what I'm focusing on. That so, in my spare moments, that is something I am absorbing and learning all about because I want to create an exceptional experience for the people in my community. So I'm focused on learning how to make that happen. Because one thing I hate doing, I really hate doing, is having to figure stuff out on my own. (laughs) So I'm one of those people. I'm like, oh, I need to learn that who's the best in the business, I'm going to go and learn it from you. And that's, I'm cool with that. So that's what I'm learning right now. Well, that sounds really exciting. I think
1: we do need to be really mindful of our time. You, you know, I, I do remember back in the day I seemed to have hours of time for just like endless research and looking yes. into, into different things and, and, and teaching myself. But it's, yeah, certainly valuable where you can to yeah, jump on board. Mm.
2: and I have something success I have something called a, a learning hour where in my calendar on Thursday there's 1 hour and that's when I listen to things and research things and you know I'm that's my learning hour that's what it is 60 minutes and then I go back to doing the other things that I need to do which is on Thursdays pick up my kids that's Straight awesome. after the hour. I'm adding a learning hour
1: into my calendar as well okay. I'm going you know, like, to yeah. be very busy no, fantastic. And if, what is the one skill or area that you would encourage others to develop if they would want to be prepared to do their best online?
2: I think marketing, absolutely. Because, you know, I'm completely biased because I came from marketing. I think everything's marketing. And my advice to copywriters is start your marketing. But, you know, it's, if you want to have businesses online, then people have to know who you are. You have to be able to attract clients in a very noisy space. And let's be honest, every industry is a very noisy space and it's always been, it's just that we have different challenges. But I think if people want to really do their best online, then they have to understand who it is they're talking to. And it's not everyone. They have to understand how they solve the problems of those people. And they have to create an exceptional experience from the first conversation way past the last conversation. And you do it all with systems and processes. But you, but when you can really think about that with your marketing hat on, then you will get people coming to you for the thing that you do.
1: Thank you so much for that, Belinda. I really appreciated your time and insight today.
2: That's my pleasure, Erica. I'm so glad we got a chance to talk today. It's been a long time.
1: It has been a while. It has been a while. And yes, we'll have to have another one on another topic sometime I mean, in the So where's the best place for people to find out more about you and copyright matters and everything that Belinda does?
2: Okay. So I'm online, of course. <laughs> copyrightmatters.com is my website and that's where I have um, my courses and coaching. I have a free three tip mini course and I do a daily email about copywriting called the daily draft. They're very, very short emails. I promise you, I know people go oh, daily emails, but they're very short and lots of little copywriting and marketing tips every day. But yeah, copyrightmatters.com is where, where everything is. It's my hub. Wonderful.
1: We'll include the link to that and your social media channels in the show notes as well, so people can keep track. And I even mentioning that you have a daily email that goes out is another indication of how well organised you are to be able to do that. Because I think that would terrify a lot of people just the thought of setting it up.
2: Well, like many things, I do, and I parents listening will understand. I have to batch and batch create everything in the moments that I have. I work like a mofo. I have lots of moments where I can't. (laughs) Love the batching. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Belinda. Love you to chat to you. My pleasure. Thanks, Erica.
1: Thank you for listening to The Dobcast. I hope you feel inspired and prepared to do your best online. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you never miss an episode.